see is that <laughs> that joke needs to die. Um, okay. Yeah, this stand is bad. I'm gonna get. Sorry, Chris. I'll give it back. I promise. So, you can remember from last week. If you were here, we talked about. Um, we're talking about the Lord's Prayer this semester. And last week, Lewis talked about uh, the line, hallowed be thy name. So after hallowed be thy name comes, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as is in heaven. So today, that's what we're talking about. Um, first, first question, who here has seen Star Wars? Okay. If not, I, I don't think I'm going to spoil anything, but they are also would watch again movies. So if you want to watch Star Wars, let me know. Um, anyways, Star Wars is the premise is there's this cosmic battle between the rebel alliance and the galactic empire um this empire the galactic empire forcibly took over the entire galaxy um the emperor murdered all the jedi and began his illegitimate reign um and the empire can be described as tyranny xenophobic hatred power brutal force and above all else constant fear that's from the uh, Star Wars Encyclopedia, which I have not read, but it does have that quote in it. Um, anyway, this empire, this galactic empire, exists in a galaxy far, far away. But at the same time, if you really think about it, um, it's a little bit familiar to something that's in and around us in our world here, too. Um, it's something that is kind of familiar to what we are living in. My pastor at the church I went to in college, Ben Milner, he talked a lot about the cosmic struggle between the kingdom and the empire. Uh, the Star Wars analogy, I think, is helpful for us to understand what the empire is. Um, but I think that the distinction is helpful between kingdom and empire. So that when we're talking about the kingdom of God versus kingdoms of this world, um, we don't have to call them both kingdoms. And when you really think about it, a king is more of a figure that we like, and the emp an emperor is someone who is, you know, not as, not as great. Um, yeah, so when we talk about the kingdom of God versus the, uh, sorry, this empire of darkness and sin, it's been around since Satan tempted Adam and Eve in the garden, and they fell out of relationship with God, and it has a grip on this world. Um, but when Jesus came and began his ministry, as we read it, we see him saying things like, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, his ministry was an education in what the kingdom of heaven is like. Uh, a king is different than an emperor. Um, and I think this is a beautiful picture of that description. A king is a king of his own people. Um, and the emperor rules a people that are not his own. I think that's a really key distinction. Um, the king lays down his life for his people whereas an emperor rules with an iron fist from afar. So if you want to talk more about the cosmic struggle between the kingdom and the empire, come talk to me. I love talking about that stuff. But tonight I want to really focus in on what we're saying when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm going to read through the whole Lord's Prayer. And as we do, think back to the last couple of weeks if you've been coming um, and think about what it means to call God Father. Think about 
um, how his name is powerful and great and deserves to be hallowed um, because it's holy. And then we're going to learn a little bit more about these next two lines. So I'll read. uh, This is from Matthew. Pray then like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, I'm going to pray and then we can dive in. Father, thank you so much for uh, this day, for this night. Thank you for these people. Um, I pray that you would just uh, make your word clear to us tonight um, and that we'd come away curious about your kingdom and curious about your will. Uh, I pray, I thank you for giving us uh, just a clear instruction on how to pray. Um, And I just, my prayer for all of us in this room is that we would long to pray more and more every single day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Awesome. So, the kingdom of God, what is it? Let's look at what Jesus says. Um, If you keep reading in Matthew from where we find the Lord's Prayer, Uh, you end up in chapter 9. And in verse 35, it reads, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. So the gospel or good news of the kingdom of heaven is proclaimed, and then healing starts, healing commences. So the kingdom of God is a healing kingdom. It's a kingdom that heals. If we keep reading in the book of Matthew, we get to chapter 13, which I'd highly encourage you all to read this week because it's 58 verses of what the kingdom of God is. Um, If you were here last year, last spring, we went through the parables um, and this is a chapter full of parables and they're all parables about the kingdom. Jesus starts most of these parables saying the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he gives examples like a mustard seed, That's the smallest of all the seeds, but grows into the biggest of all the garden plants. Like leaven that's hidden in flour until the entire lump of dough is leavened. Uh, Like treasure that's hidden in a field, and when someone finds it, they sell everything they own to go buy that field. Similarly, like a pearl that a merchant sees and sells everything he has so that he can buy that one pearl. Um, The kingdom is described in agricultural terms. It's also described as a wedding feast. Um, But I think the parable in this chapter that is the most helpful to understanding what we mean when we're praying thy kingdom come is the parable of the weeds. Uh, In this parable, a man goes out and sows good seed in his field, but then enemies come in and sow weeds while his men are sleeping that night. And as the wheat begins to grow, weeds are growing alongside the wheat. So, So there's this good and evil all growing up together. And his men go up to him and ask, didn't you sow good seed? Why are there weeds? And the master says, an enemy has done this. And then his men ask if they can go and rip up the weeds, take all the bad away from the good. And he says, no, you can't, because if you rip up the bad now, you're also going to rip up the good with it. Um, So he tells them to let them all grow alongside each other, both bad and good. And then when the time for harvest comes, they're to go out and gather up the weeds and burn them, and then to take the wheat into the barn. I think this parable shows us the reality of the world that we're currently living in. Uh, The enemy has scattered weeds in the field 
Um, he wants to, this is the, the emperor. He wants to rule through constant fear and tyranny. He wants to thwart God's plans and ruin the good that God has planted. And when we pray for God's kingdom to come, we're praying for harvest. It's a prayer of longing. Um, for the time when all that is evil will be gathered up and burned. For the time when justice will be restored. Um, but the kingdom of God is not just about that final harvest. Because remember, Jesus was saying that the kingdom of heaven was at hand when he started his ministry. Jesus' coming was the beginning of the kingdom. And when we look at the life of Jesus and the way that he brought the kingdom was through healing. He didn't come to overthrow the Roman Empire, um, the current empire of that day, or even to come in and overthrow in a like majestic way the like larger cosmic evil. He came as this poor baby born in, an, uh, born in a manger. He was a carpenter who then started his ministry and proclaimed the kingdom of heaven. He was a healer and a, he fed people who were hungry. And that's, that's what the kingdom of God is. It's this slow healing and redeeming of things that are broken. So when you pray, thy kingdom come, there's, there's two levels of that. There's the longing for harvest and the big level. And then there's also this smaller micro level of what's happening right now. Um, so on the macro level, praying this prayer is participating in the cosmic struggle between good and evil. As you look at the world today, you, just, you can just see the injustice, the brokenness, the death, the misery. You don't see a place that's full of goodness and hope. Um, the empire has a grasp on earth. And when we pray that kingdom come, we're asking God to come quickly and to make all things new. We're longing for his coming. We're crying out in the midst of sin and brokenness, knowing that his kingdom is one of healing and that it is coming. Um, but we also know it's slow. And we are impatient. Um, I am very impatient. <laughs> it's compared to seeds growing. Have you ever tried to, like, you know, watch the grass grow? You can't tell. Um, it's, it's this thing that's happening. And Jesus compares it to a man who plants seeds and then goes to sleep and rises and goes to sleep and rises. And the seed is growing, but he knows not how. Um, yeah, we're... we're we are praying for this slow kingdom to come in and heal the world. We're praying for the king who lays down his life for his people um, to come and take the power back. But there's good news. He already has the power because on the cross, he died and rose again. And he tells his disciples before ascending back into heaven that all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Um, that is such good news because this great healer whose heart is love towards you and me has all the authority in heaven and on earth. And he has already defeated sin and death and his kingdom has come. Even if it doesn't, even if it hasn't come in its fullness, it already has come. And that's where this other smaller part, the micro part um, of this prayer ha is happening. Um, on the micro level, individually praying thy kingdom come is also at the same time praying my kingdom go um we all live like the king of our own lives we just saying the king of my heart um and that's something that we want but if you really look at yourself you are the king of your heart right now you're the king of your life 
Um, we want control. We want our dreams to come true. We want our plans to be put into place. Our own kingdoms place things like money, status, love, grades, a secure future, and other things at the center. My own kingdom centers on having a beautiful wife, being good at my job, shooting around par on a golf course, beating Jack Hunter in disc golf, uh, having a degree from Wake Forest, being able to rock bedhead, uh, and a lot of other things. Like, that's what my kingdom, and while all these things are not necessarily bad, when I seek after them um, in the context of my own kingdom, they're slowly destroying me. Um, when we pray for God's kingdom to come, we're asking him to come into our lives and heal. Remember, he is a healer. He's, he's coming to heal all the things that we care about far too much. We're asking for our own kingdoms to go. But the best part about God's kingdom coming into your life is that as it sweeps in and slowly transforms and takes control of your life, those things that are at the center that you worship and value the most that are going are actually being healed and redeemed. Um, they're not forced into submission and slavery, but they're healed because Christ is a healer. Jesus went around proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing those who are sick and afflicted. And our hearts are sick. They're full of selfishness and pride. They're focused on the wrong things. And Jesus brings his kingdom into your heart when you ask and heals it in that same slow way that his kingdom is taking over the world. Things are going to be put into their rightful place. And your ambitions and desires are slowly being healed by God's kingdom coming in your own life. It frees us from ourselves. Um, so that was a whole bunch about praying, thy kingdom come. Uh, but this next part, there's two parts that we're going over tonight, is thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To pray that prayer, when you think about it, to pray thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven is to acknowledge that God's will is not being done everywhere. Um, we know parts of what the will of God is from the Bible. His will is for justice, for right relationship between God and mankind. Uh, his will is what he initially created in the garden of Eden where he can walk with his image bearers and be in intimate communion with them. But as you look at your own life and as I look at my life, um, I don't experience the garden all the time. So something's off. God's will is not being done everywhere on earth. And the empire is the proof of that. Um, so this part of the prayer, the second petition, is out of a desire for the kingdom. We, we're asking for his will to come because we desire his kingdom to come. Um, there would be no need to petition God, to ask God of anything if things were already all made new. In that case, we could just praise his name and give him glory. But we instead, Jesus tells us to ask him, to, to send a petition to God. And David Wells is an author, and he writes about petitionary prayer in this way. This is a quote. Petitionary prayer only flourishes where there is a twofold belief. First, that the name of God is hallowed too irregularly, his kingdom has come too little, and his will is done too infrequently. Second, that God himself can change this situation. Petitionary prayer, therefore, is the expression of hope that life as we meet it, on the one hand, can be otherwise, and on the other hand, that it ought to be otherwise. 
to pray declares that God and his will are at cross purposes. Um, so this is why we pray the Lord's Prayer and why we ask for thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's because we can see that God and his will are at cross purposes. We see that his will is not fully being done. And when we think about it, we can see, we can see the struggle between good and evil on earth and around us. Um, and that's why we're asking for him to bring his kingdom more fully and to do his will more completely. But we also need to hold up the fact that God is unchanging to this. So praying for God's will to be done can seem pointless when it's held up to, oh, like, but God is unchanging. You know, he's always been the same from age to age. So how do we make sense of this? If God is unchanging, then his kingdom is going to come, whether we like it or not, and his will is going to be done. It's inevitable. We can't stop it or speed it up. So why pray? Uh, why include these petitions in the Lord's Prayer? The point of petitionary prayer is not to convince God to do something. Um, Martin Luther insisted that asking for God's kingdom and will to be made manifest, which we have no say in because they are going to be made manifest regardless of what we do, is actually about stretching our hearts so that we can learn to desire truer, greater realities. When I read that, it kind of blew my mind in a few ways. Um, we're praying these prayers in order to recognize more fully the need for God's kingdom to come and for his will to be done. We don't pray this prayer to a distant, far-off God who might do something if enough people ask. We pray this prayer to our king, to the ruler of his very own people. He hears us, he cares for us, and is answering these prayers every day. He asks us to pray them so that we grow ourselves. Praying this prayer is a spiritual exercise. Um, it's, a, it's a spiritual exercise that gives us the ability to hope for and desire more than what we can at this moment. God's will and his kingdom are so much greater than you or I could ever imagine. And this infinitely greater reality is there for us to grow into. Um, we can pray these prayers every single day and they will work on us every single day. So as we pray these lines, we are, we are at the same time acknowledging that God's kingdom is not fully here yet and that his will is not fully being done on earth the same way that it's being done in heaven. We're also stretching our hearts to desire the great reality that his kingdom is coming and that his will is being done and will be done for eternity. We can desire and long for the healing kingdom to finally take down the empire, for our own kingdoms to go as his loving kingdom sweeps into our lives, and for his gracious and loving will to finally be done everywhere on earth. When his will is done on earth as it is in heaven, every tear will be wiped away. There'll be no more crying, sorrow, or pain. There will be no more death. There will be no more night because his face will shine like the sun upon us in the new heavens and the new earth. What a good truth to hear in a dark month like February. May his kingdom come and his will be done. Um, we're gonna take part in this spiritual exercise together now, this stretching of our hearts and minds to further grasp what God's kingdom even is and what his will is. Um, so on your handout, I think the Lord's Prayer is on the back of it. Um, 
So we're going to pray this all together. Music team, y'all can come up right afterwards. But let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Um, All right, let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Awesome.